Hi, you're on Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. We're here in Ojai this morning, sitting in the garden at Nutmeg's Ojai House. Hey, Fiona. Hey, Jill. How are you doing? I'm doing really well today. How about you? Good. You have an idea. Yes, there is a, a, and I don't know who said this because I think it's been said by many people, but this one I read was from the author and teacher Alan Watts, and he says why you need uh, this is I guess it's, it's why you need to stop trying to improve yourself, and I think that's a really important thing that we all try we try so hard to improve ourselves. Knowing, not knowing that it's not a gathering of information and stuff. It's a, it's a ungathering. It's a taking away to find the essence of who we are. It's amazing you just brought that up. It's ama- I had one of my eureka moments. Oh. Uh, I think it was just two days ago, where uh, in trying myself to slow down and and uh, be more present uh, and you know, trying to investigate and ponder what, what, I, what I'm actually doing. And I realized all my life I've been in competition, but competition with myself, not with anybody else. So that's about improving, doing better, doing better, doing better. And um, that, 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 that's not working. Because, you know why? For me, it's, okay, so it's, you know, being on the cancer drugs and having effects, being subjugated to the effects of uh, cancer drugs is, so for the, almost for the last three years, I've tried to do it better and better and be stronger and get better and better. So I'm really fighting through what I'm doing, and it's exhausting. It's mm. totally exhausting. And then I thought, well... But where am I in all of this? Mm-hmm. What happened to me in all of this? But it was a, it's been a wonderful exploration in watching, going back in my mind and watching how uh, I tried to break through this and break through that and improve myself here and make myself stronger and make myself as if that was what I was designed for in the first place. Do you see what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Mm-hmm. Was I designed to be stronger to do this? Was I designed to be... That I don't know, but it's very interesting to ponder that. To ponder that, stop. Uh, why do we imp- try to improve ourselves? I think I just I'm just much happier being me. And it's a tough thing. We've got so we've got other shows on being me, but it's like um, you know, as he says that there are so many. Alan Watts was saying there's so many industries built around improving ourselves, whether it's new age, whether it's educational, whether it's everything. And we're not saying don't do anything, but it's like if we feel that we are not okay, enough, or we are not enough, we are not enough unless we improve ourselves. Yeah. So the idea is to come to the knowledge that we don't have to do anything to be good enough but at the same time then we may want to take this degree go on this yeah, or trip we might want to learn something yes whatever it is yeah. or do something and that's fine but if we do it to improve ourselves then we're chasing our tail all the time and never quite getting getting where we want to go there used to be oh you brought that straight back into my mind so in my teen years living on the east coast of the United States, people would start sending their 
daughters, now maybe it would be just before college or instead of college, to the Powers School. Have you ever heard of that? Something. It might not be the correct name. It might have been more of a name of something, Powers. But it was all about deportment for females, how to walk, how to dress, how Mm -hmm. to, what posture to have, how to cross your legs when you sit down. Because that was what was more important for women to be in those days. To improve yourself. Improve yourself that way. My exactly. great-grandmother was sent away to finishing school yeah. in France, as many English women were. I, they tried to send me to finishing school in Switzerland. Wrong. Practically finished it. <laughs> but Didn't she work. had to, she, for example, that was in the early 1900s. No, it was in the late 1800s. Um, and, you know, she had to learn how to walk down steps without looking yes. down, how to do this, do this, do that, how to run a house with a... I mean, whatever it was, you were, it was a young lady in England, you were supposed to know all those things. Mm-hmm. And I think that when her husband was kind of... Wordsworth Donaldson, my great-grandfather, was a wild man, and he didn't really stick much to anything. I mean, he was a gentleman, so he never worked, but he was an activist and and a traveler and whatever. And he finally married, I think, one of the maids. Oh, not married, he, he divorced his wife and married the maid. And when she was left alone, or she, maybe she divorced him, I can't remember, run away with the maid. Um, when she divorced him, I think that's what it was, and, and tried to do things, it was like she was trapped. Yeah. She was totally trapped because she was trained to be a wife and a runner of a large house, yeah. uh, you know, with servants and so forth. And she was trained to to do that when she got thrown out. And I believe she didn't get money from him either. That um, not much anyway, not what she was used to. That it, she was completely trapped yeah. on her improvements that she had been told to do. Yeah. And I think that. We so often get trapped by the improvements that we've been told to do. It, it can be in a professional sense. So say you've become uh, a teacher or a psychologist and you have to be very careful not to be trapped in being a teacher or being a psychologist or or being uh, whatever profession you choose. Anything well, that's anything. the way you earn your money. It doesn't mean that's who you are. It's like identifying yourself by what you do or who you're married to in the case of your grandmother, who you're married to. She was actually of a more aristocratic ranking than he was, but he was more, he had more money, which is often, I mean, often the money, the aristocracy kind of follows the money. But um, the other thing is that we very often feel better. I don't know how many people I've spoken to over the many years that we've both been um, working with people who feel badly because they don't have a degree. They feel they haven't improved themselves. And they just feel like, particularly in the United States, that they're missing out. We want to just take that away and say, you're enough, you don't have to improve yourself. But if if, if you're moved... Yeah. I, actually, I want to get into this too because I think that's a huge trap. We think we have to improve ourselves, <clears throat> so we end up doing something because we think we have to improve ourselves. Or we are improving ourselves. Then we get trapped, mm-hmm. like maybe somebody... Yeah, we might not be improving ourselves, but we think we are. And and it can be a huge trap. So before that, before you start to improve yourself, 
take away enough stuff, and we've got so many shows on that, Be Yourself and so forth. Um, take away the stuff that's not you and then work out what you really want to do. Mm-hmm. It could be something completely different. Mm-hmm. I think people thought that retirement was for that. But for sometimes, for people who've worked in stuff they don't want to do their whole lives, and they get to retirement, they can't find what it is that they want to do. I was watching the country music um, documentary done by Ken Burns last night on PBS, and uh, when they did the story of Chris Christopherson, uh, he was raised very conservatively in a military family, um, football player, uh, military, you know, all what his parents wanted. And before, uh, I think he was a teacher at Sandhurst or something like one of the military things, and before he took his rank in in the army, and he was married. Um, he went to Nashville because he loved playing the guitar and loved writing songs. And he uh, managed to get into the Grand Ole Opry and was on uh, backstage watching Johnny Cash sing. And it was not during Johnny Cash's best years, uh, probably during his um, addiction years, but he realized at that point that going into the army and doing all these things was to please his parents and to keep on the track that his parents had, and it wasn't him. What he, and he became one of the f- most amazing writers, songwriters of any time, of any time, hmm. Chris Christopherson. But he stood on. He he had that lucky moment that was given to him, or he took. He, you know, went to Nashville and seized the day as we say and don't you think at that moment when that happened everything that he thought he should be all the improvements he thought he should make dropped away just for a second yeah well and he was able to see through because it kind of touched something deeply inside him and everything else dropped. everything else dropped away now what stayed with him is uh so he was writing these amazing songs uh, but he said, I don't, I don't have a voice, I can't sing them. And, and uh, they were saying, yeah, well, gee, try it, try it. Um, so finally he did, he recorded, I think it was Sunday Morning Coming Down, which a lot of other people recorded because it was it's such an amazing song. But then he realized, oh, people will accept my voice, you know. It, I don't have to sing like somebody else. I don't have to not sing. You don't you know? have to buy a Barbara Streisand voice. Yeah, yeah. no, I think. Famous so that was a that was a wonderful thing to watch last night. Somebody discovering where they where they what they needed to do and what they needed to be true and, to themselves. And so maybe what you could do to to get that aha moment is to go and go explore things that interest yeah. you, and particularly go into nature, as we always say. You you then at some moment you just might have that aha moment like he did. He had it in a big worldwide way, but it can be in a small, personal way. Well, his was personal well, too. But not only that, his parents disowned him. Oh. Wrote a letter, you're never to return home, we don't ever want to see you again mm. from doing this. I mean, this was a huge thing. Huge thing. This was a huge thing. This wasn't just a family that was saying, but look what's happened, you know, and look what all of us in the world got to appreciate and hear and learn and enjoy with somebody who said, this is who I am. 
this is what I need to do. And the other thing, that's, that's it's a wonderful story. Um, the other thing that you might want to do is go help homeless people. Because Always. a lot of the homeless people, I think, are trying to, unless they're drug-based, which is the same thing because they're trying to do this too, which is trying to find a way beyond the self-improvement, the, what I've got to do in the world, what I'm yeah. expected to do. And, of course, drugs always take us initially, the first few times, to that place of oneness. So we keep searching for that place through drugs doesn't work because it takes us further and further away the more we do it but it, it, it every so often it does work and so they're searching for that and they get these little aha moments and so it's like I want more I want more yeah. and um, so search through the helping homeless people could be helpful because you see people who are searching but they're on the other side of the world yeah. you know you or, or, or the or the families that are struggling to to make a living and keep their children in school, um, what what any sort of endeavors um, to help those who are are struggling now, and especially for those of us who are struggling in our own ways, it's very good to find someone who who is harder off than than we are because it puts everything into perspective. And many places like here in Ohio, we have a place called Help. H-E-L-P. And you can go and people can volunteer to help read to people or take meals or to work in the church store. And the wonderful thing is, I love the Ojai Family Shelter that is run for the homeless people here. So I think it's every Saturday they get uh, the, the... truck comes out and they get their showers they get fed they get their haircuts done and in the winter and the rainy season they're found a place in in all the churches uh take turns in putting them up for the nights get them out i mean this is one of the most wonderful things that ojai does is look after those that are more unfortunate and and it gives you such a for children to go into the safe places to help with that too Mm -hmm. it gives them a completely different view i think diana did that with her sons yeah exactly the princess diana and i think that must have changed it would have it always changes your life the other thing is uh traveling in a safe third world country so my daughter would dispute that she travels in unsafe third world, like your son, so unsafe, <laughs> unsafe third world countries. But I would say pick a third world country that is more safe. And uh, when you see people living, like in India, where people are living in a third world country, it makes a, makes you realize that that whole thing of self-improvement isn't so important. It's about, you know, being you. And you see these wonderfully awake and aware people who have nothing and who probably have done nothing particularly. But when I was in India anyway, they, they were looking so... Some of them, not all of them, but some of them were just looking quite joyous with their with their lot in life. Absolutely, um, and I, I I love to picture uh, Mother Teresa who had nothing, had nothing but fame. She had well, yeah, but uh, regardless of that, when she went to work in the orphanages and in the hospitals, she had nothing. Right. She relied on people to feed her. And uh, to come and help where they need to. And she trusted. She knew what she was doing. She did. And that was her... She wasn't relying on self-improvement. And her fame enabled her to get help for all those people. Yeah. She, mm-hmm. she 
used the fame in a sense, or it, it used her, but so that she could help people. It brought, it brought because of her extraordinary work and how mm -hmm. she, she devoted herself, it brought it to the world's attention. But um, going back to self-improvement, um, you know, we're all here. We've done podcasts on this before, but we're all here for a reason. And when we find what that reason is, like Chris Christopherson did, uh, whether, it, it, whether it brings in fame and money or like Mother Teresa, it just brings help to others. Um, there's, such a, there's, there, there's such a joy that lives within us. Uh, but when we're trying to improve ourselves to change what we are, or I mean, to arrive at a particular end. Yeah, and changing us in, in, in doing so. I'd really take us... Anybody wants to improve themselves. I would love to improve myself by speaking five languages. <laughs> you know, I would really like to do that. I've managed two and a half, but, <laughs> but that's all. Um, but I would really like... Well, because it's fun for you, though. It's not yeah. really improving yourself. It's fun. Well, I make everything fun, or yeah. I don't do it. Yeah, and I think that's a big key. If uh, I think Ben and Jerry, the ice cream people, yeah. said, if it's not fun, why do it? And mm. um, our culture has gotten so much into has to. Well, than... but you, you triggered this on one of our other podcasts when you said, and this is again about reframing, when I say, yeah, I... I don't do it unless I, I, I want to do it. I love to do it. I look forward to doing it. And if I don't look forward to doing it, I change the perspective. And instead of saying, oh, I have to do this today, I say, oh, I get to do this today. I love that one, yeah. So it's changing, reframing something so that, you know, instead of life becoming a drag, life is an adventure. And how do we get through it? Take it on as a sense of adventure. Uh, if you want to improve yourself, it's to learn something about another country, another way of thinking, to be more open-minded instead of xenophobic, perhaps. Um, all of that is... Improving is opening and dropping labels of... I need to do this because I need that, or people will think more well, of me. Because I'm broken in or, some way. Or because I'm it, broken. It's like, and that's the whole thing, <clears throat> which is, you know, the idea that in some way we're broken and we have to improve ourselves. I, that does, I think, somewhat come from the Christian religion where you're considered a sinner when you're born and you have to make yourself good. You have to be baptized to take away the sin you sin. were born with. Right. And so I think that that is built into our culture. Um, and that so it makes us feel like we've got to improve because we're broken. Mm -hmm. We've got something that we have to make our existence matter. But the, the greatest gifts, like Amma, for example, who was thrown out of her house for talking too much when she was in India when she was young and become this huge world teacher, um, she's just a, she's a simple hugger. Yeah. 
you know, I mean, they've built a whole thing around her, but she she just hugs and pats your back and just talks gently into your ear when you go there. And um, it's it was not for her about improving herself. It, it was about just being here and being loving. And I think that's a huge thing. If we can just be here and be loving and just find where we are, we don't we don't need to improve ourselves we'll just find fun things interesting things things that we might want to do and explore and learn and we might want to for example take a degree so if we are wanting to go into a particular field or take a course or learn more about how to be a really great barista somewhere you know for coffee whatever it is we want that moves us but it's not about improving because you are perfect the way you are and I think too all about this higher education I think the concept of it is all wrong now I think feeding our children through an inadequate school system that we have in this country to go into further inadequate school system and and create a huge debt for yourself and not only creating a huge debt for yourself but then plugging into a system that has got it all wrong in the first place Mm -hmm. so I I remember saying to somebody when they said, well, wait a minute, you were at Oxford University, you were teaching at Harvard Law School. I never went to college. Well, you I, went to RADA, which was a college. Well, yes, acting. the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, but that was for theater. That wasn't well, a university. Thing. I never got a degree at a university, and people say, well, how did you do it? It was part of the adventure. You look at, I was asked to, and people didn't think I couldn't do it. You know, and I never thought I couldn't do it if I wanted to do it. (laughs) And it was a way of learning something. And if I failed at anything, my first thing was to say, well, what did I learn about that? Mm. And that's a great thing to remember. It's not about improving yourself, but it is about, we've got to show it on this too. If you fail, picking up and say, what did I learn? Rather than, oh my God, I failed. And not only what did I learn. But I think one of the important things is what did I learn about myself yeah, of course, that's in the that? Most important because thing. it's not about blaming what did I learn? Well, no. I learned that that's corrupt or this. No, what I, I, I learned that it's very hard for me to work in, uh, in, acad- in academia. There are rigid structures, pyramidical. Is that the right word, pyramidical? Like, um, and, that's, and I like to work in a circle. Mm-hmm. So I realized, okay, this is not... And when I was invited back to work in academia, and everybody said, oh, you're going to go work there, you're going to go... I thought, no, you know, that's not... That would be a prison for me. I'd be stuck on a rung in a ladder and only permitted to rise under certain circumstances by other people. No, no, not, that's not me, thank you. <laughs> and it works for some people. But I you see, on, but people would say, yeah, but your resume would look fantastic with that mm-hmm. on it. And I said, yeah, but that's not going to help me. And, you know, it, it's uh, the people next door to us in Ohio here up on the mountain um, are both professors. Uh, professors mm-hmm. that were both, both retired. And they have a delightful life. They've they loved do. their life. I They've know. enjoyed their life. They're lovely people. And so they, they, for them, it has worked. So mm-hmm. it's not that it never works. It, and they know who they are pretty well. So I would say if, if you're thinking that you have to improve yourself, you don't. You are enough, and you are perfect as you are. And when you realize that and sit in that, then you can look out and say, what moves me? 
what do I choose to do? Mm-hmm. Or, uh, you know, if I want to come become the great ber- coffee make greatest coffee mm-hmm. maker, where could I go to learn that? Mm-hmm. Or anything that you want to do, you could do, but just don't feel like you have to do to improve. Do it to improve yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, I go hip hip hooray to that. <laughs> we all like eureka moments, don't we? We do, and they come if we allow every so often. This is Earth Tribe Radio, www.earthtriberadio.com. Your home on planet Earth. <laughs>